0: Welcome to another episode of Live Sound Bootcamp. I'm Joe Santarpia. I'm Ryan John.
1: I'm Brendan Draper.
0: And we've been away for a bit, took a little inadvertent break. So uh, instead of kind of jumping right back into our like planned curriculum, we're going to just warm it up a little bit and do something a little different. We're going to do an interview with one of our very own, Brendan Draper, and just kind of get a feel for... How he got into this business and uh, where he's going with it. Yeah, I I, I got a lot I want to ask him. I, I, you know, Brendan and I work together. We know each other pretty well, but there's still a lot I don't know about him. So I'm ready to rip this guy up. Yeah, I know absolutely everything there is to know about him, so I don't actually give it a the of Is at this all. a
1: roast or an interview? I don't...
0: It's going to be... I feel like it's going to turn into a little bit of both, because that's just kind of how <laughs> we... Na- you know, it's it's a little different with other interview people. You know, you, know, you got to feel it out and see, you know, and obviously... You, you t- can't be so mean. Right. Pay due respect, but here we can maybe press a little bit, and uh, I'm here we can to, Here we can have no respect? Well, I mean, you know, I, of course <laughs> I respect you guys, obviously, but, you know, a little ribbing now and again is... Is also I feel
2: like I respect you enough to fairly rip at you.
0: That's the thing. You know, once you get to a certain point and you know someone and, and you respect them enough, then it's almost like it's a sign of that. It's a sign of endearment, you know? If I was just nice to you all the time, you'd be like, What does this guy really think?
2: You know? Yeah, I'll be honest. If I was if I was nice to you all the time, you could probably assume I actually don't like you. Right, um, and right. I'm just trying to, you know, make it amicable. After a certain
0: amount, of, yeah, it's like if I've known you for over a year and I've only been nice to you, I'm either afraid of you or I like to genuinely just don't want to end the conversation as fast as possible. Yeah,
1: I, know. I'm I'm genuinely genuinely more uncertain of people that are super nice than people that are like slightly standoffish. You know?
2: Right, right. Yeah, I mean that 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 seems like a sad reality of our society isn't it yeah (laughs) (laughs) like if people are nice to you. it's like something's wrong yeah is that fucked up i mean it's like
1: what do you want from me
0: (laughs) right right yeah it's like that yeah it's the it's the angle what's your angle you know exactly all right all right let's jump into it here um sure you know for me brendan you know we, we discussed a little bit before in the planning stages of this but uh we've been working together a couple years now and, you know, I obviously, you know, we homies, but I don't know how you kind of like started out as an engineer. Um, you know, what was the trajectory uh, for me coming out of like school for this? I still like it was hard for me to picture um, breaking in and like getting my first job and that leading to the next to the next. What was kind of the beginning? Well, of that well what,
2: what about one step before that?
0: Did you know that
2: live sound would be a thing that was that even a thing you were interested in? Honestly, no.
1: Like, I didn't think about it until, I don't know, until I was like interning at a studio. And then I don't know if I even considered it before I met you, Ryan. I'm not, no. I'm not sure. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I, I don't think I had a gig before that. And what really turned me on to it was doing like stage managing for a show. Like someone asked me if I wanted to volunteer to do that. Mm-hmm. at this show that had like a bunch of different bands it was actually at the independent and oh, no, uh, yeah
0: so i had to like get wait ba- you were the stage manager at the independent for a volunteer i'm confused
1: yeah i was volunteering because it was like a bunch of local bands ryan's done these shows oh undercover mm-hmm. and um yeah oh, there's right. like 15 bands and they each play one song so
2: it's serious stage management gig it's it's intense yeah so, I mean, imagine wrangling 15 bands where each of them is playing for only three minutes and there's maybe a minute to two minutes of downtime between bands where videos are being played or a DJ is happening. Like, it's a lot of stuff to wrangle. That's a, that's a they, tough gig.
0: Have they had things like that? Like DNA Lounge as well? And they, I think I've heard of these shows around town, actually. They did Not it Not DNA. Yeah, they did it at the rickshaw was the
1: first ones they did. Then they moved to the Independent and we did one at the Fox. They did a couple mm-hmm. at the Fox. Which is funny. That one I was kind of. I was wrangling (laughs) there, and you know, it's like super. The Fox was awesome, though. Yeah, it it was great. But like finding people in the catacombs there was pretty funny. I can't imagine
0: being a local band that has never played a place bigger than like, you know, two or 300 cap, and then being on stage at a theater like The Fox, like, and just the sound. Right, right. (laughs) The the sound cavernous. Like a a 2,500
2: cap theater. Uh, where you're covering Green Day songs while Green Day's standing at front of house next oh, to me. God. Yeah, they're standing there watching you cover
0: their songs. <laughs> what a trip! Yeah, crazy. Um, all right. But, Anyways, back ba- to back to you. Back me up a little bit here, Brandon. D- you went to school. I did, but it was
1: kind of secondary. So i went to I went to, <laughs> I went to co- college, and I got a degree in economics at like a four year school at like UC San Diego. Economics. Is kind of economic. It was mostly economics. It was called Whoa. management. Sound
0: economics, they're the same.
1: It was called management science.
0: <laughs> Man- wait, are you like, uh, do, you, do you, are you qualified to be like an investment broker? Like what, like, what's going on I, here? Do I need to like send my savings with you? And, you I know, mean, and, my investments yes, are yes, going to make your savings. savings to Brendan. <laughs> yeah.
1: My Venmo is Brendan dash Draper. If anyone wants to
2: send their savings, send their yeah, savings. Cool. I'll make sure they're invested yeah. properly. Yeah. Uh, and then the next week we see him with like a brand new console and a bunch of gear. Yeah. But, index huh. funds. Def- definitely not <laughs> invested properly. Yeah, probably index funds. <laughs> ETFs, man.
1: ETFs all the way. Oh wow. Yeah. Um but I did go to I went to school there. I really did not know what I was doing at that time or know what I wanted to do. I was playing drums as well. How old were
2: you at that time? That
1: was like normal college year. So right after high it's school. Like
2: 17, yeah. 18. Yeah. yeah.
1: Seventeen through 21, I guess. And I did kind of get the music bug then because our band got to record in a studio like on campus, which was pretty great. And we played like a sold out show like at the college student center and stuff like that, which was awesome.
2: Mm-hmm. So when did you start playing music? By the way, before that,
1: I started playing drums when I was like twelve.
2: Okay, so pretty young.
1: Yeah, off and on. And then after college, I took a break because I got really into glass blowing and I did that like professionally. But while I was there, that's when I. That's decided- interesting. I decided to take recording classes while I was doing that.
0: Did you, were you really into weed? I was not.
1: (laughs) Joe, (laughs) I was an artist. I wasn't a bong maker, please. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, I'm I didn't. Sorry, e- I didn't sorry. even put those
0: two and two together.
1: Wow, no. it's it's funny. It's it's what everyone asks. To be honest, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. that
0: got yeah, it. I didn't mean it. to um, trivialize. You know, uh, a craft of yours. That's you know, it's cool. No, it's no, cool that's stuff. Right. That's it, it, no, beautiful. No, I, I,
2: I actually, I actually still have a glass piece you made for me. Oh, which, oh really?
0: From the yeah, the little tile with the, oh, the yeah, face with the and ears, the wings. yeah,
2: yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, that
1: was fun.
0: So, in your in your glass blowing, you were like, I want to do audio.
1: I wanted to do audio because I was also playing in a
0: band and I wanted to learn okay. how to
1: record ourselves. Your own band. Yeah, so I went to...
0: This is, I feel like, this is uh, a v- something that a lot of engineers probably share in terms of how they got, you know, what propelled them in that direction. Is that kind of how it went for you too, Danjo? <laughs> uh, absolutely. It was like, I, I'm playing yep. music and I like, want <laughs> I want to not have to deal with shitty engineers and I want to do it myself. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. Me too. So, all right. So, so from there, then what? Then I went to, I went to the community
1: college. I took a bunch of classes for like two years and then I got an internship through them at Fantasy Studios in Berkeley.
0: Which, which community college?
1: Sorry. uh, Diablo
0: Valley College. Okay. Out in Pleasant. Pleasant. So, so it was an internship at Fantasy. Yeah. That was the first. How did, how did you, like, how did you find that? was it, was it a Posting through school, you know, did you cold call them? There was a connection
1: in the recording class. There was a teacher and the like assistant engineer. And the assistant engineer was this guy named Guy. And um, <laughs>
0: he uh, wasn't Guy? Not Guy. Guy. Okay. Guy. Gotcha. Guy uh, had been not French Canadian. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry.
1: He had been one of the techs, like the uh, repair techs at Fantasy before. Uh huh. So he had and, like a connection and was able to like, kind of, get me in there. I had actually. Was it? I had I had tried you, to get an internship there before I went to school, and I think they told me, "Oh, we only take like internships from people going to school." Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're quite particular about it. You know, when you when you got out of school, did you feel like you knew enough to jump into something like that, or were there portions of your knowledge that you felt like you didn't know enough about, like when you left school? Uh, when I left
1: Diablo Valley College, or when I left, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still feel like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I felt like there were definitely holes. And like, yeah, just, just understanding how to like, make something quality, I guess, or like how to make something hi-fi. Like, I mean, that's always like a pursuit, I guess, to get like better quality, but...
0: It's The Endless Pursuit. Yeah, The Endless do Pursuit. You, do
2: you feel that there's a difference between the perception of what recording is as a student versus what recording is as a like a professional? Meaning, as a student, you might just go, I'm going to stick this mic up here, I'm going to hit record, and I'm yeah. going to capture it. And then the differences between that and like the kind of pro-sounding, you know, that, that whole concept? Yeah,
1: I feel like there is a big difference. And I feel like the, the biggest change in recent years for me is just like not thinking too much about the technical part of it and more mm-hmm. well like think having it in my mind but also like what's like really like making this a great sound you know
0: and mm-hmm. like Listen. and go
1: in the extra lengths to find that rather than just like putting the mic up and being like yeah that's where it's supposed to go be like oh <laughs> i'll throw some headphones on and i'll move it around a bunch and like find the spot that i mm-hmm. right yeah so.
2: Well, you know, I I got to say though, y- you can say that now because the technical stuff is so simple for you now that it's you don't even have to think about it. But I do understand that when you're starting out at this stuff, the technical stuff is not necessarily that simple, so you're so focused on the technical yeah. stuff that you can't just jump to what sounds are yeah. right. Yeah, right. So so I I do get it how that's a struggle. Yeah,
1: you have to th- it's kind of funny because once I felt like there was a a big hurdle for me to like get past the technical stuff and I was like overusing it to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense and I see that a lot in in younger engineers yeah. and and you know experienced it myself, you know, starting out. Absolutely. You know, it's yeah. Yeah, when it's not second nature like that. It's a lot to it's a lot of information to kind of be keeping track of and you know, especially when there's the added pressure of there being like a client in the room, you know, you're trying right. you're trying so hard to like make it right, you know, and and through focusing on all these things, you you know, the one thing you're not trained on, the listening part, you know, might you might miss it there. You know, it's gonna happen a few times starting out for sure. Yeah. You're gonna distort a vocal because you're looking at meters and like you just didn't catch, you know, the compressor release time too fast or something you know what i mean like something stupid like that like you're gonna be too focused on the theory of it so yeah that makes sense you know you know and then then there's also the one additional factor of
2: when you're figuring this out early on you don't actually know what a well-recorded guitar sounds like right you just know what it sounds like on this record that you heard that sounds awesome right Mm -hmm. and i feel like in a lot of schools they'll tell you you know You record it, it's okay. You mix it, it's better. It's mastered, it's suddenly amazing. And I don't actually believe that at all anymore. I believe you can record it and it sounds amazing, but it's not really how things I've seen are taught in school. And I imagine it was similar for you too. Yeah,
1: I mean, there was you know that saying that went around like shit in like you can't really like shine
2: shit into gold, (laughs) right?
0: Polish a turd, but that is like
2: actually true. I like, I like the way you say it better. You shine, can't shine, uh, shit shine shit into shit. gold. <laughs> That's
0: good. Yep, Ooh. I'm going to say that one from now on. Brennan Drayton, hey, that, you can't shine shit That in can be gold.
1: Our, our podcast t-shirt. Check the merch store. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Anyways, but that um, saying is really true. It's really hard to try and do that. And I feel like I, try, I tried to do that so much when really the answer yeah. was go back and re-record it or get a better instrument or a better player or a better singer or whatever
2: so now you're an intern at fantasy studio what comes next how does how does that path go yeah well i did there were a few like live
1: events in fantasy where people would like perform and Uh the studio did trust me enough at some point to let me you know run the the desk for that it was like little acoustic gigs in the studio so mm-hmm. that got me in. Mm-hmm.
0: What was the desk? It
1: was an Allen and Heath Mix Wizard 14 or sixteen two. Oh, baby. Yeah.
2: Oh, got it. So they didn't use the actual control room SSL. They would use a separate mixer yeah, just to with run this. Yeah, a couple leg, J-B- JBL eons. It. That's a relief. My favorite. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Yeah, God. that was fun.
1: Uh, I got to mix so, horns that, at one of those things, which was pretty sweet.
2: Oh, yeah, oh that's awesome. It was awesome. like
1: a little acoustic set. They played a David Bowie cover. It was sweet. Oh, beautiful!
2: Cool. Were you a fan when when you? I did think
1: that? I had heard the song, but it was like pretty early on, like on one of his first tours mm-hmm. or something like that. So I, I didn't really like know him, but when I heard it, I was like, "Damn, that
2: this is good." <laughs> so so is, is 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 doing those little gigs. Was was that your first time kind of doing live sound? I think
1: so. I think kind of around concurrently with that. Let's see what happened first. Because Fantasy like hired me to do part-time like tape transfer stuff. So I wasn't getting paid for most of my internship, but they did hire me. And I was also okay. I, I was working doing glass blowing fine finance oh. at the Crucible, which is like a nonprofit art center. Anyways, I'm trying to think like when because one of the engineers at Fantasy got me a gig at a bar called the Ivy Room in El Cerrito. Ah. Mm-hmm. And I think that was before I stopped working at F- fantasy, but it it might've been, it's kind of hard to, it's a little blurry because I know I stopped working at fantasy and I got a job at an AV company, but at the same time, people had started
2: calling me to do live sound gigs. So how'd you, how'd you start getting those calls? Like, how did they hear of you? Like think, think of maybe like one of the first couple calls that you got, how did you know that person and how did they know you? I feel like that right there is a big leap for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially people calling you rather right. than you calling them.
0: Yeah. It's hard to solicit work yourself, yeah. you know.
1: One of the engineers at Fantasy knew the bar owners at that Ivy Room that club that I was talking about. So mm-hmm. he got me a job there. And then also my I had been part of this like musicians like meetup group. And there was this guy, Travis, who was in a band there, and he was the booking agent at the, the names don't matter I know, so but much.
2: I worked there. But he was a booking <laughs> agent at a venue. I worked there for a venue. while
1: and I played shows there. It's like really hard to remember.
2: <laughs> I feel old. Remember that question you asked him about smoking weed? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he was a booking
1: agent at a small venue in San Francisco. And he also, I think he, I told him I was getting into live sound and then he started
2: getting me gigs working there. So just for clarity, though, I mean, it it sounds like it all kind of came from networking, just people you happen to know through musician type circles. But had any of them heard you actually mix a show before? Or was it just kind of like they liked your personality, they knew you knew audio, and they pulled you in?
1: I think they just liked my personality, especially with like the fantasy engineer. He just knew Mm -hmm. that I was like, kind of on top of it in the studio. So right. You know, he would recommend me to.
2: I, th- I think that that is an important point to make is that, you know, sometimes your gigs don't come from someone who hears you do something amazing. They just, you know, they like being around you. They know that you know enough about it that, you know, you speak of it
0: uh, with intelligence and all that. You know, they understand.
2: Yeah. At that point, they pull you in to come on to gigs.
0: Yeah, either you've done enough work that like is on the level that they are looking for, or just below, and they're like looking to bring someone up on the cheap or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. There uh, were a couple, um, there were a couple
1: of volunteer gigs that I did as well. So I volunteered also through that musicians meetup group. I met someone who like put on a festival in Oakland, and I volunteered to like help out with sound. They had hired a sound company, mm-hmm. so they just needed someone to like run cables and do that kind of thing. So I did that and uh, then the sound company hired me for a gig like
2: after that. So what were some of these first gigs like? The ones in in you know the smaller venues? Like what, what did it feel like for you? It felt like exciting for sure.
1: Like I was really stoked to go and do them. Like I was I was kind of over the moon that I got to like go and mix bands and stuff like that. But they were also fairly stressful at first, I
0: guess, (laughs) in a
1: certain way, but the stress didn't really hit me because there was so much learning to be done. Like in those first ones, kind of the stress of things didn't really like accumulate until later on, but, um, they were big learning experiences and like kind of trial by fire things like that, especially like those those undercover ones that I was talking about with like the stage management and stuff, it was like, okay, how would you, how are we going to make this happen like with all these huge changeovers and like that was actually before I did any gigs doing sound, so I think that gave me a really good primer. It was kind of like it was kind of like calibrating my settings to like maximum like <laughs> craziness. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Had 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 you done any of the you had done the undercover gigs before I jumped onto them. Yeah, right?
1: but I had never done sound at any of them until like later on. Got I was it. just doing the stage management. But that gave me, you know, I was able to see like how everything was connected and the changing the microphones and all that stuff. And like yeah, so those act- and that and like volunteering for the festival in Oakland, like where it was changed like Langeovers too, kinda like dialed me into like ratchet up speed and kind of efficiency at like setting things up. So I was like used to that before Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, in the hot seat to like mix and like mic the whole band up myself.
2: Was was there anything you learned the hard way, if you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. I mean you know what I mean by that, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was like one of the a moment in one of those undercover shows where I like I guess doing snapshots, like that's a hard lesson. When you fuck, when yeah. you fuck those up,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And it was like a band that I was friends with too, and like it was the ol- uh, it was like the only band that I like fucked up on, and their monitors were yeah. just like screaming loud, like when they came when they started out. Yeah. I felt so You're like well, so why,
2: bad. Why have you done this to us? I feel like <laughs> you I were was there, there on that one. I you think, were there think in I front remember of house. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and I remember right after they had done their sound check or something like that, you're like, hey, can we chat real quick? Like kind of freaked out face. And I was like, yeah, what's going on? And like, I remember we talked through how the snapshots were saved and recalled and we figured out how to like get back or whatever, whatever it was that they had saved or something like that. I don't well, really remember the, the details, but I remember thi- it was The thing was,
1: I mean, it was, it seemed okay during a sound check, but it was on Showtime. That was where it, right. you know, fell apart right at the beginning. Um, yeah. The question was about, like, lessons. Was that what you said? Yeah. Basically, what did I learn the hard way? way. Yeah, what did you learn the
2: hard hard way? way? Um, I mean, that sounds like one of them. Yeah, that's a good good one. one.
1: Like, really dial, (laughs) double-check those things. If you have the time before a show, double-check that stuff.
0: Yeah, if you're using snapshots or something that's, like, sort of, like, sub-show file, you know, your, like, whole syntax of saving, like the lower kind of level of that first i.e. the snapshot or like yeah whatever and then like the broader show file after that you know i I, i've made that mistake where i've like i've you know um loaded the
2: file but not the snapshot Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) or 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 vice versa you know like right or um you know yeah no exactly that yeah save the file but not the snapshot like moved on to another show file without having Mm -hmm. saved that last snapshot and That, you know, potentially that, for whatever reason, that being like a whole band's mix, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're you're on, like, let's say any of the Midas Pro series, (laughs) those had a complicated workflow. You had to save the snapshot and the file, and if you didn't save both, you basically had Mm, nothing. That's Um, fun. Yeah, you know, that's one of those things that there is a workflow you learn, and it's a workflow that works for you, and you kind of start using that forever, but until you've kind of done it once... You know, it's yeah. it's pretty scary, and and even now, I mean, I've been doing snapshots and all that stuff for years. But before we actually run a show, I will still hit next, 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 next through all of them just to make yeah. sure nothing crazy happens. Just mm. in case I like, I don't know, accidentally muted some matrices that feed PA or whatever, you know. <laughs> just, <laughs> just make sure all everything. those things are safe. Yeah, just yeah. look at it all. So, how did you jump from doing club gigs and 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 the smaller kind of level of stuff to? being on tour with a pretty big artist? Um,
1: I mean, you definitely help with that, Ryan. I mean, you...
0: Yeah. <laughs> what You give your resume to Ryan, John, and, uh, you know... Yeah, and I'll a Send him a bouquet of flowers, and then you'll get a call. It's great. I,
2: I also like British milk chocolate.
0: <laughs> British milk chocolate? <laughs> yeah. I'm what about specific. Turkish Delight?
2: I'm actually not Ooh. a fan of Turkish Delight. Yeah. Sorry, man. Oh. I know. I know.
1: Um, okay, a couple of ways. One way was by, when I was working at venues, I'd meet bands, and if I really liked them and we had like a connection and stuff like that, I'd ask them if they'd be down to have me mix for them at shows, like when they go out of town or when they do shows, local shows and stuff like that. So yeah, that was, that was one method. And then Ryan, mm-hmm. you needed a monitor engineer for, uh, for Magic. And so I, I jumped oh, on yeah. that, and they've yeah. hired me a bunch of times doing like Canada and we did a show in Japan, which is pretty sweet. Um, and then uh, Magic's old tour manager when I was when I was like leaving my studio gig a couple years ago, I was just calling everyone I knew, and that that's one of the the times I've really done outreach. And their manager was putting together our first Snow Allegra, and that's how I like got on that tour, which has been like the biggest tour I've done so far. So just like calling calling people I know, you know.
0: And that's that's cool that's interesting to the you know you call you calling out like led to a pretty significant gig that's yeah. that's crazy that's awesome Yeah
2: but also mind you it's not just him calling random people it's well, him calling people he already has a relationship of with course. which certainly helps Of course of course yeah. yeah You know I I I know that when I was starting out at this I was super afraid to just call people and just say you know I'm looking for something it was yeah. just something I wasn't really comfortable with and I mean Actually, maybe now I still don't do that. Instead, I go, hey, I happen to be home, and I leave that as an implication and leave it up to them to be like, hey, do you want to go out? Right. Um, but, you know, is there anything you can kind of say to somebody that that might make that kind of approach make more sense? You know, is, is there is there something that you felt made it easier for you to call somebody and say, you know, I'm looking for something?
1: I, w- I guess I would say, like, people I think people like respect you having the initiative to go after something, you know, like I, Mm. I I think if someone like called me looking for work, I don't think like less of them for like reaching out, you know, I don't, it doesn't smack as desperate to me, you know, it's just like letting me know that they're, they're around and they're, they're ready. They're like up for like working and doing something. So yeah, Yeah. I, I would, I guess I would say just like, don't feel like it's you being desperate. It's like, it's what everyone does, you know? Like, that's the only way is if people, some if someone, the only way to get the work is if someone knows you're there, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, fair. I imagine too that it kind of takes advantage of the whole, I don't know, maybe the music industry. I'm not saying that people in the music industry aren't professional. I'm just saying that like <laughs> in general, maybe there's, like a little bit of a motif of like, you know, things not necessarily being timely 100% of the time. And what I'm getting at with that is like, you know, somebody who might need to hire someone, you know, they, they might not be thinking about it until, you know, maybe a little bit later than someone in another industry might, you know, so if they get a call, and it's like, they haven't even like gone there yet in their head. They know they're going to need a guy in six months. They haven't even gone there. It's like, oh, Brendan's available? It's like, oh, yeah, dude. And then it's problem solved right. before it even before came it's even up. A problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, something to consider. I don't know. You, know. you know, Brendan, regarding
2: people calling you and saying, you know, uh, I, I might need work, is it the same if it's someone you know versus someone you like? kind of know through association, I don't know, online or something like that? Is it the same reaction you have? Like, whether I accept or not? Well, so uh, I guess the reason I'm asking this is that if somebody I know hits me up and says, hey, you know, I'm off right now oh, and I'm I looking see. for work, I go, cool. You know, I, I can kind of link you up with someone. But then people that I've never met before, ever, also message me and say, hey, I'm looking for work. Can you hook me up? And I have a very different reaction to that because, uh, understandably yeah. so, right? Yeah, no, I, yeah.
1: I I mean, that doesn't happen to me, but I, I would feel the same. I would also feel a little... You just if you don't know someone or like don't know them by association, then like it's kind of hard to be confident in them, you know. Their
0: abilities, yeah. If you at
1: least know that they're like a cool person to be around and like a good person to work with, then you know, you already know that like they've got half of them. Yeah, it. I
2: mean yeah. I, I think I think that's probably the biggest factor, right? If if I know somebody's great to be around then I know that they'll get along with the tour. You know, obviously they have to be of some level of audio caliber in order to be able to handle the audio part of the gig, but I find it harder to to match personalities than I do to match Mm -hmm. audio skill. True. So, okay, so you get on tour. Was there anything in particular that you found totally different about being on tour with a larger-scale artist versus, let's say, working in the venues or, you know, doing, you know, the kind of side gig-type version of the... Mm. Of the same thing.
0: Sleeping in a gutter. Sh- sharing hotel. <laughs> is, is that what you call your bunk? Sharing hotel rooms.
2: <laughs>
1: Ugh. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, it's, it's a great perspective shift, to be honest, like getting to see the musicianship at a different level. It's clear. Like when you're there monitoring and you're like listening to people playing, not that like every local band is bad or something like that, but like
0: <laughs> they are. no i'm just kidding (laughs) but when yeah when a band plays every night for however long you're gonna you know i would hope that they'd get better you know and
1: if they're playing like 2000 plus person venues like you know there's a reason for sure so getting to see that and hear that difference was really cool but then also what comes with that is the I, i want i don't want to say demand the uh Expectations, expectations of rising to that quality as well and doing mm. it fast and doing it like the getting it right the first time, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 It's funny. You probably like even become your own worst enemy in, in certain regards. Cause like, you know, one night you're on a great PA and you like kill it and it sounds great. And then like, you know, and then you go to another room the next night where it's, you know, it's le- a lot's left to be desired, you know? And that,
2: that's the nice way to say it, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, and, they're, and they're, coming <laughs> off, they're coming off the dope rig, and they're like, yo, what the hell's going on tonight, you know? Is, is it me? Is it not me? I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah, I get that, man. So, you know, what is, what is it you found uh, helps you stay grounded when you're doing long tour runs? Like, how do you stay, you know, connected to mm-hmm. home? How do you stay happy? That's yeah. a complicated thing.
1: I mean, I FaceTime with my wife pretty much every day that I'm on tour and i like to go on walks like in cities when i can do it like by myself which is kind of hard sometimes Mm -hmm. because like i mean depending on the crew a lot of people want to hang out like the whole time and
0: yeah you want to be seen as like the anti-social guy and
1: i i just had to like kind of put my foot down like on at least one of the one or two of the days on the last tour and i was like you know i just want to walk around by myself see you guys later and i just like left but uh
2: and I'm sure as soon as you left, they're all talking about you. You'd be like, oh, oh man. That man, what's, dick? What's up with him today?
0: I don't know. Yeah. He, went he for must a be doing drugs. Oh, God. What's going yeah, on? Exactly. <laughs> you know, the monitor mix was a little weird last night. I think uh... <laughs> it's because of his walk. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's definitely because of the walk. Uh... No, that's uh, that's important, man. You know, and I love that we're talking more about you know, more and more about the mental part of touring and the mental health aspect. Um, But yeah, you know, yeah, put your foot down. You know, you got to get what you got to get. So I I support you for that, Brendan. If we were on tour together and I saw you going for a walk by yourself, I wouldn't give you any shit and I would shut down any shit talk that happens. And he would just follow you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then when you get
2: to wherever you're going, he's like, hey, man, fancy seeing you here. Right. Right. Oh, hey, buddy. Oh, uh, one
1: thing I, I did on the last tour too, we were in New York for like three days. So I went up the river a little bit to my uncle's house and just like hung out with them for like a day and a half, oh, which cool. was awesome. And didn't have to sleep in the hotel room, you know. That was great. So if that's a possibility ever, I'm going to do that again as well. It's awesome. Yeah. So,
2: so what are some of the pitfalls you see younger engineers falling into? Good question. Yeah, it's a question Brendan wrote like a year ago. Well, I wrote this for like... <laughs> <laughs> really experienced engineers that are <laughs> like
1: on festivals and stuff like that. I feel like I'm a younger engineer, so I'm probably in those pitfalls and I don't know it yet.
2: I'm in the He's pit. He's in the pit right now.
1: I'm trying to <laughs> imagine like what I'm probably doing wrong.
2: Hey, yeah, totally. I'm, I feel like that's a good analysis. But even beyond that, what about, you know, what about engineers you see that you do work with?
1: Um, I guess like not taking advantage of like digital, what digital consoles can do. So like, How so like not I mean you could make a monitor mix that's completely different from your front of house mix if you got extra channels or at least double up the vocal and have a clean one going to their monitor mix or do whatever you want to it and you can have your own for front of house and it's like a no-brainer to me to do that because it just works out better and I have full control and it doesn't change anything for the band. So I feel like I'm t- I tell people about that tool all the time and I don't know if people take advantage of it or not but that's, that's definitely one thing that's helped me and mm-hmm. I feel like people don't, don't always take advantage of when you're mixing front of house and monitors at the same time so
2: yeah yeah. Are there, are there any other tools that you feel exist out there in the world that people just don't take advantage of in I don't know maybe as much as they should or as much as they could or in the ways you think they could or should hmm See, I asked this question because I have an answer for this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like on stage, people kind of like overcomplicate things sometimes, like using vocal effects boxes and stuff like that, that are really cheap and, you know, that don't work properly all the time. It's just kind of like, just get rid of it, you know, just like make, I don't know, I can just say, I can say that, but like, if that's part of your sound, then whatever but a lot of times they just don't work out like a majority of the time in small venues they have problems
0: so it's so funny it's it's really funny um uh some some guys i know who play in a very sick band i won't mention them right now but uh they they uh you know they have a a funny joke because they they themselves use the vocal effects pedal you know yeah you you know you know a bunch of guys i've done it myself whatever Mm -hmm. but um their joke is like you know they walk into the venue. And you're like, hey, man, how's it going? And like, He's got the pedal in his hand, and and the engineer just looks at him and goes, you're not going to plug your fucking vocal into that thing, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's just a joke, you know? But yeah, totally. Yeah. You, you're, you know, yeah. you're right. You're right. I, it, I guess for a tool for
1: live sound, too, that helped me out was the, like, XLR Y-split so that I could do the...
0: <laughs> do both yeah split do, it yeah split do them on it a monitor yeah. and
1: split their vocal yeah that's a good yeah. good thing to have in your backpack all the time
2: carry y splits at all times mm. or or z splits you know what z splits are right uh where it's no. got two male ends two female ends on it and they're all connected so you can use it as a male-to-male turnaround female-to-female turnaround or a y never <laughs> seen hmm. either direction they're awesome cool. i've made a bunch of them but you can buy them
0: Whoa, crazy Z split. Yeah. That's new, man. I mean, it,
2: it it literally looks like a little Z. Instead of being a Y with two females on one end and a male on the other, it's, it's two, you know, and two. Yeah, it's two and two. It's so useful.
1: Ooh, I I would like to say I think buying my own console, even though it's like not a super expensive one, has helped my career like a lot. Really? Because yeah, because it I have like that M32. I mean it's yeah. it's like a couple thousand dollars or whatever, but like, I could go out and get gigs where I don't need anything else, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I can just mm-hmm. show up there. And that's... You charge them for the rental, too. Yeah, charge them for the rental or rent it to somebody. Like, people call me to, like, rent it from me. Like, uh, the UC Theater called me to rent it when their monitor console went down, like, three days in a row, which was no awesome. Shit.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
1: I don't know. I think that's a good investment.
2: Yeah, and, and even beyond just the rental income, because the rental income... Yeah, it's a little bit, but it also gives you tools that you get better at and you get consistent on. So if you go do a gig and they don't have great tools and you can bring it with you, you will do a better gig that'll be easier for you to do mm-hmm. because you brought some tools. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally get that. I mean, I've, I've had a history of owning lots and lots of consoles. I think at some point I owned seven consoles or something like that. It was insane. I don't have the storage to even store them. Yeah. So fortunately, fortunately, they were rented out. But yeah, I get it, man. Yeah. What do you see as your next steps, considering where you are now? Where do you want to be Hmm. in? I don't know. Let's say the end of next year. Let's let's assume coronavirus doesn't exist and you know gigs continue on. I want to both
1: get better. Like I want to get better at studio stuff as well. So I've been practicing mixing while COVID has been happening, like mixing from home and. I've been doing a lot of monitor stuff, and probably the tour I'll do when this is all over is a, is going to be a monitor tour. It'll probably be a pretty sizable tour. I'm hope fingers crossed that it's like mm-hmm. you know similar. Um, but I'd like to do front of house for like a band. You know, like the tour I'm doing is R and B, kind of soul, hip hop, and stuff like that. And the music I love is like indie, like electronica stuff. So I'd love to do like front of house for a band in that genre. That would be name, super.
0: Fun. Name one. Name one. Come on. Do it. Mean, yeah,
1: pick one. I mean, if Jaguar Ma tours again, like I'd love to do that gig or yeah.
2: uh, cut cut. cut. I, I have no idea who that is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got to hang out with them at the Independent one time. That was pretty fun. But um, did did you make friends? I did. We hung out after the show. I did monitors that night. Are you looking it up, Joe?
0: Yeah, I am. I, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to see if I have ever worked with them before. I'm not sure. I don't I'd think love so, to
1: do like cut copy or i mm-hmm. mean if empire mm-hmm. the sun was hiring i'd be like yeah
0: like that's I
1: would a production love, it'd probably be a super hard that,
2: that's a cool production yeah, yeah. That,
1: would, that would be a really hard gig i bet but it would be amazing I, I i would love to do that show like every single night of my life to be honest
2: <laughs> i remember i remember being on a tour where those guys were on the run as well uh and you know we kept hopping on the same flights together and stuff and i got to hang out with them and I, I like their music. I think it's really cool. I think their show is really cool. Yeah. It's aesthetically super cool. But they were super nice. I yeah. mean, by no means would I say I'm friends with them. But, you know, I got to like hang out with them, chat with them a bit here and there. It's awesome. Aussies, right? I, I feel like that would be good. Yeah. They Aussies. Yeah, yeah. They, pl- they played the Regency,
1: which was super cool. Whoa. Like, Yeah. Like, they played three nights. And we were literally dead center front row for one of those shows. And, I mean, the last time I saw them was at, like, Hollywood Bowl, like, all the way in the back. So... You know, yeah. getting to experience it. Up yeah, close. So, so yeah,
2: basically, there. what you're saying is you want to mix something you're a big fan of. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I get it, man. I totally get yeah. it. That's an experience for sure. So, so outside of what you want to do, mm-hmm. how do you plan to actually achieve that goal? <sighs> These are hard questions. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can softball you. If no, you want, no, 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 me, no, no. It's good thing. because your, it
1: makes me think. It makes me think. What's
2: your favorite plugin, Brendan? <laughs> I hate those questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, in my
1: mind, I guess the plan is I'd like to keep doing this podcast so we can keep talking about live sound and kind of get out there. And, you know, I don't expect bands... T- well, maybe bands would hire us through, like, hearing about our, <laughs> our knowledge and skill in live sound. Yeah, but, maybe. Uh, um, I want to get better at mixing. So I think if I get better at mixing, like, just in general, you know, for a recording... Maybe I can transition more into like doing front of house rather than doing monitors. I don't know. That's kind of my, my thought I'm, process. I'm going to
2: point out something that you're not going to enjoy hearing. Yeah, what's up? Okay, earlier you told us that you moved into all of your biggest gigs from people that had never heard you mix. <laughs> and you're telling me that your solution to moving up to the next level is to get better at mixing. Now, I'm not saying that's a wrong solution. You telling the guy? No, I'm to saying get that better at mixing? Is that <laughs> that's not what I mean. I mean, yes, get better at mixing. But based on your previous experience, your network is what's going to get you to better gigs. That's true. So I'm not telling you that you're wrong by any means. I don't mean that you should not get better at mixing. But maybe looking at some of the other avenues as the path to getting to those gigs is the right way to go while also just becoming crushing and mixing. You're a problem. Does, it, does, that, does that sound harsh, Joe? No, that sounds,
1: that sounds like the truth. And
2: I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Joe's got a strong opinion what, here. What's,
1: I can see it in his No, face. no. It's just, you know, it's uh,
0: for another time, for another time. Okay.
1: No, yeah. I guess I should, uh, re like re not delete all my social media and stuff like that. I don't know. Or I just got to like <laughs> keep in touch with people and text people randomly all the time and do that kind of thing.
2: I don't know. You know, I will sadly say that the biggest gigs don't have the best engineers on them. They there are fantastic engineers out there doing huge gigs, but just because it's a huge gig doesn't mean it's a great engineer. It might just be an engineer who knows somebody and knows somebody and is awesome to hang out with, or mm-hmm. gets along really well with the whole team. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, being a great mixer helps.
0: You're going to oh, say something, Joe? Oh, oh yeah, well, maybe like uh, you know, a c- combine them both. You know, if yeah. fingers crossed. When I, I feel I feel like a lot of this podcast, we kind of like ignore the elephant, the COVID-19 elephant in the room. Like we don't know if we're mm-hmm. ever going to go back to work again. We really hope we do. And, you know, we're acting on the assumption that we will, but you know, uh, things like, you know, we, we have the, uh, at the independent, you know, we have the luxury of like, you can like request a shift. It's like, okay, cool. A band's coming in town that, um, I like, and maybe we would want to go on. T- blah, 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 blah. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I would want Words. to go on tour with them, <laughs> you know, uh, request mm-hmm. that shift and then mix good and be cool. Uh, you know, like that's, you know, that's a cool option that we have, you know. I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that kind
2: of thing totally helps, man. If you can put yourself put in yourself there. the presence of the people that you want to be working with, and they like having you around, it's going to go a really long way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
2: obviously you don't fuck it up.
0: Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Maybe don't request that shift and then just shit all over well, it. Well, yeah, that's why he's going to practice mixing. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's it's I I find it always kind of complicated to think about what are your next steps to achieve the goal that you're trying to get to. You know, especially if you haven't ever put it into words. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we, I I do. I feel like I have some plan in my head, but if I had to actually say it out loud, it'd probably sound crazy. So, it's
0: it's tough with audio, man. You know, everything is so uncertain and so informal a lot of the time. It's not like you know planning out a career in in any other industry. It's um. Yeah, it's different, right? You know? Yeah, there isn't
2: always a clear path. It's not no. like you go from, from employee to assistant manager to manager exactly. to district manager. It's it's not that obvious.
0: And know? and yeah, you know, I feel like at least you know, interviewing Brandon here that that was kind of the stuff that I was curious about, and um, I'm glad we touched on a lot of it. You know? Okay. Well, if you want, we can jump straight to something stupid like a lightning round.
2: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Hey, Joe, you want to alternate this? And I'm j- I'm just going to throw out random ones and try not to use the ones we've written before. Right.
0: Wait, the ones we've written before? Oh, you mean the ones that are written down here? Got you.
2: Okay. Yeah, because those those um, we've used in in other interviews.
0: So I'm gonna try true, and just true, true, come true. up with some random ones. Um, all right. So all right. Get, yeah. If uh, timing timing wise, maybe we'll have to edit this because I might I might need to ponder for a minute. <laughs> okay. But your answer still needs to be fast. All right. Okay.
1: Fast one sentence answer. Right.
2: Fast one sentence as short as it can be. All right. Favorite plugin. lH <laughs> <laughs> Right after I made fun of this question earlier. Wait, wait, what was that? LA2A? Yeah. Is that what you that, said? That, that's what came to the top of the which mind. One? I don't know why.
1: Yeah, which version? Which version? I don't know.
0: The Waves one? All right. It's not all right. A, I c- can see cl- it. CLA2A. Yeah, CLA2A.
1: Cool.
0: Wait a minute. Actually, we shouldn't mention that. They, you know, they haven't paid us. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: they never will. Don't worry about
0: yeah. it. Yeah. We'll, we'll just bleep it out. All right, okay. you, you get you get Lo-fi. you get lightning round number two. Lo-fi, um, um, okay, Lo-fi is good. Busser van. That's it. Come on. I mean bus. Hey. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. What about? You might as well have said like private jet or like <laughs> you know razor <raise> scooter. <laughs> Dude, I'll take I a razor know. for sure. I I, <laughs> I know I know Brandon's down with the indie stuff. What What if it was your band?
1: I'll I do, do anything for my band. I go in a fucking Prius. <laughs>
2: I feel like you have done that in a press. Well, right. I, yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. All right. All right. Uh hobby when not on the road. Oh, uh, painting
0: miniatures. Whoa. Miniature what? Ooh. Miniature, like, you know, those Warhammer Figurines. things. Figures oh. and stuff like that. G- Gundam and stuff, you know? Yeah. I, I,
1: I actually do the Lord of the Rings ones.
0: That's very sick. Check my check. I, I, check I, my I dabbled Twitch in channel. airplane models. <laughs> really? Right, cool, cool. Yeah. I started, what's your twi- I,
1: started, I started streaming on Twitch. What uh quick plug, what's your Twitch channel? Right now I'm gonna change the name, but it's uh BD Minis and Music, because I stream music stuff too. No shit.
0: Oh, very cool. I'll, I'll very tune cool. in. That's tight.
1: Yeah, yeah follow me. There's I, there's something to be Twitch. said
0: about the craftsmanship in those things, you know, especially if you're painting them. You have like a magnifying glass rig and stuff like that? It's actually I've read that it's harder with a magnifying glass because you're like it kind of
1: distorts your perception of where the brush is. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah, it's
2: almost like you'd have to have learned to do it that way yeah. <laughs> to understand your movement. Yeah, I get that. But, um, right. I did them when I was
1: like younger and I had, I still have them in a box, like a bunch of unfinished ones. So during COVID I was like, oh, I might as well get back into this. That's it's really good. awesome. It's very meditative for me.
2: Absolutely. All right. Joe. Yeah. Next oh, one. Um, uh, cold brew
0: or iced coffee. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Iced Americano. Okay. Ooh, Okay. Right,
2: okay. Right. Straight answer. Respect. Straight
0: answer. Respect. Hey, I, I prefer iced coffee too, and so, you know, I'll just, we'll just say that I'm on your level. <laughs> favorite sounding record. Ooh, Ooh, good one.
1: Favorite sounding record. Uh, 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 oh my God. There's so many. Uh, I guess I'm going to go Suburbs, Arcade Fire. I love the sound of that record.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's good. Uh, tape or no
2: tape? Tape. Okay. He means electrical tape, sticky tape, gaff, gaff tape, tape. duct tape, gaff tape or electrical <laughs> tape. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that's what you meant. I think you meant what for recording?
0: Yeah, like are you you know do you, um, basically ask him if he fucks with tape?
2: I do. I have. I fucked with tape
0: yesterday.
1: Actually, it was fun. Yeah, I was gonna say. Don't you have a tape machine at yeah, home? it's right there? in the yeah. back. It's back there. Can you see it? For
2: yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Um, okay, uh, I got to think of a good one here. This is going to sound really weird. Favorite hi-hat microphone? Ooh, fuck. Oh, man. You know, you know, hi-hat's a really funny one to me because almost always it is the most played instrument in any given song, and mm-hmm. it's the one that people think about the microphone the least, know. and I think that that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I, well, I feel like I've been There's changing. so much coming
0: in the other mics. I
1: I yeah. feel like I'm always like kind of dissatisfied with a hi-hat, so... I was using, like, a biodynamic one in the studio the other day, which I liked. I just don't...
0: Which one? I don't I, know them. Uh, my, my answer to that question is the M201. Yeah, I love the
2: it M201.
1: Wasn't, it wasn't yeah. that. I, I got to look it up.
0: Was it the
2: 160, the ribbon, the round head was, on the... Was, that's a great one, like too. A,
1: like a trapezoidal head?
0: Oh, uh, M80. Yeah,
2: that one. Yeah, the old yeah, one. I love that. Was that was nice. Thing. Well, nice, man. It's a very vintage sound. W-
0: well, hold on now. Is it the one Uh-oh. that is flat... Or is it the, still kind of flat on the bolt? front end? Yeah, is what's because that's, that's another one. Well, flat's right? the TG. That's okay, the newer. It was one. the
1: rounded one. But
0: yeah, okay, so the rounded the one's the older yeah. version. Yeah.
1: All right. All right. All right.
0: What else you got, Joe? Vocal chain. Vocal chain.
1: Um,
0: yeah, mic pre comp optional. Oh, for live EQ for optional. Live? Yeah. well, uh, uh, I, I uh, studio. S- studio. 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 Okay. Yeah. Let's go, big boy. Uh,
1: let's see. U forty seven. Um, while okay. you're.
0: Word. Dang. <laughs>
1: <laughs> While you're recording, go into like a, a like a Neve pre, and then into the CL1B for a little bit of compression on the way in.
0: CL1 CL1B. Oh, I love I Less love that. Yeah, it's a great and one. And
1: then for mixing, it depends on the type of music, but you know maybe a little like a C6 multi-band compression to dip dip the mm-hmm. lows and the mids a little bit. LA2A plug-in, maybe. Combine that with an eleven seventy six, just for a little bit more oh, stuff. You pig, <laughs> you pig! <laughs> and uh, maybe and some saturation. Well, you know, I'm gonna say saturation, but maybe it won't need it with all that stuff. But like with yeah. the mm-hmm. with the recordings I've been mixing lately, I've needed to add saturation, and I like adding some of this the Saturn like Saturn plugin or or mm-hmm. or
0: what's the Saturn? It's
1: the uh,
2: Fab, uh, filter. Fab filter. It's a, you know, overdrive saturation saturation plugin. Ah. Very, very cool. It allows you to do yeah. multiband, different saturations on each band. Yeah.
0: Ah, very nice. Or,
1: or just hit it with the, uh, with lo-fi, just a little bit,
0: tiny little saturation and distortion. Mm-hmm. I've just started getting into lo-fi and it totally works. It's one of my favorite things, man. And that yeah. thing is ancient. Yeah. That yeah. is
2: old. Yeah, Yeah. I saw up.
1: when I was like at the studio and all the big these big like hip hop artists were recording it was just like always just like a little eq tiny vocal rider lo-fi. and a tiny little bit of lo-fi and then like sends to the effects but like really quiet in the mix like everywhere else you know and i always mm-hmm. thought that sounded mm-hmm. like great so uh
2: master bus processing
1: live mm. Ooh. you know i don't really get the opportunity too much but if i was playing a big venue and i had like an s6l or something with stuff with plugins available I'd probably put an SSL bus compressor and uh, maybe a little. I'd love to try out that like MIC DSP like 4000 uh, multiband comp on the mm-hmm. master bus. And then probably a little limiting with like an L1 or something like that. If Ooh. if it's possible.
2: Yeah. Makes sense. Favorite PA brand?
1: Oh, uh, uh, oh <laughs> DMB for sure. DMB.
2: Is, is there any reason in particular?
1: I've just liked it when I've played shows with it, at, especially at like uh. festival stuff. Like it sounded good when that's up. I mean the L the, the the L acoustic stuff too is amazing. Like either one of those, I'll take them.
2: Yeah, I mean we're we're fortunate that at this point in time there are so many great sounding PA's. You know, uh, fifteen years ago it really wasn't the same. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're in a good spot. Anyways, um. I think we should probably close it up yeah. there. That was yeah. a
1: fairly large sized lightning round, I would say. But
2: <laughs> Yeah, that was that was really, really slow lightning. It's <laughs> right. more like turning on a light bulb waiting for fifteen <laughs> minutes, then turning it back off. Right. <laughs> it should just be called light bulb round. <laughs>
0: Right, <laughs> maybe even Bing. candle lit. Yeah, like, maybe even candle lit. Round when, when we think of a question, a light bulb goes off. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, how about <laughs> all right, Brendan? Why don't you close this one out because you know all the URLs to
1: all oh, our fans. Yeah. New stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, we got new stuff. We got new yep. things. So I
2: forgot to mention that in the beginning. I'm
1: sorry. It's all right. It's all right. You're fired. Hopefully they listen to the end. I mean, I don't know with this whole. Interview. Hopefully they got
0: this far. Yeah, <sighs> I wouldn't.
1: <Yikes>. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> All right. we do have new stuff if you guys um, like the podcast always go uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts that helps people find it out there but we have a new website we, ha- we have a website it's uh, <laughs> live, livesoundbootcamp.com and you can send us emails now at and our email is feedback at com. so you can send, us, send cool. us questions we might answer them on the show Oh, yeah. That's
0: the idea. Yeah.
1: Or uh, drop them in the. We have a Facebook group too, so check that out. There's a link on the website and all that.
0: Yeah. Join the group. Join up.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, cool. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. See ya. Peace.